This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, Session 14. And the quote of the day is from Jim Rohn, who said, If you go to work on your goals, your goals will go to work on you. If you go to work on your plan, your plan will go to work on you. Whatever good things we build end up in turn building us. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Ruffini, and we're coming at you with information, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. And first off, I want to thank everybody who left a review or rated the podcast uh, on iTunes. I, I really appreciate it. And if you haven't already, please, please, please just go to iTunes and you can rate the Drummer's Resource Podcast or you can leave a review or you can do both. And any of any combination of that would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Right now, I'm in sunny Los Angeles, California for the NAM conference, the 2014 National Association of Music Merchants conference. They hold that in Anaheim every year. And it's beautiful here in LA, but this interview that I did was about two weeks ago with Dave Stanek, and I was in New York at the time, and it was freezing cold. So you'll hear us talk about that in the beginning of the interview. And uh, But Dave is, if you don't know about Dave, Dave is a performer, he's a clinician, an author, an educator, a faculty member, and has been around the business for years and years. So he's definitely somebody that you can learn from, from everything from the business side of things to the educational side of things to the performance side of things and everything in between. So it's really, really great to have Dave on the show. He's just a, a super nice guy, uh, down to earth, uh, an amazing player, amazing educator, amazing clinician, and uh, just an amazing, amazing person. So it's great to have him on the show. So check out this interview and let me know what you think and I'll see you on the other side. Dave, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it, man. It's great to have you. No, thanks, Nick. I appreciate you asking, and it's just great to be here. You've Absolutely. got a great thing going on. I've been checking it out, and it's really dynamite. Well, thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. It took us a little while to get this together, but we made it happen. Well, that's the way it always is. Yeah. <laughs> the weather and, you know, everything else. Yep, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we're in the middle of the, the what do they call it, the polar vortex? Is that what they call it now? That's what I. That's what I heard them calling it. Yeah, the whole from the Midwest where I am to the East where you are, we're all in the coming out of the deep freeze. Here. There you go. So I guess I'll, I'll keep it consistent because the last four interviews that I did, I think the first five minutes we all talked about the weather. Well, there you go. You gotta you gotta <laughs> stick with your hook, man. Yeah, I remember Steve Bowman was on here and he's like, "Man, this is going to be a lame interview." He's like, "I'm I'm I'm here in Nashville talking about the weather." Ah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. What's um? Oh, I noticed the other day too. Uh, we're gonna do one more weather thing, and then we'll then we'll really get into it. But I noticed the other day that now they're they were calling uh they were calling snow they were naming snowstorms. When did they start doing that? You're kidding? No, they were calling the snowstorm Hercules. Oh, brother! <laughs> wow. Well, you know, uh, I don't know when they started doing that, but it's symptomatic of uh, what what Frank Zappa addressed in his biography many years ago as the uh, 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 the 24-hour news syndrome. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, he once CNN hit. He was like, "Just watch what happens now." You know, yep. now that they have 24 hours a day, they have to fill. Yep. <laughs> you know, and now it's how you know how eating breakfast will kill you tonight at 11. You know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the word news is a pretty broad definition. You know, in it this is. day and age. So, um, let's kind of, let's talk about some drums. Yeah. So let me, can we, I always like to hear the backstory of how, how, uh, how people got into drumming because it's always interesting to me. There's, there's so many different stories and, and so many different, uh, variations of how people got into it in different ages. So, so what's your story? How did you get into playing? Well, that, to me, that's a little bit of an interesting story. Um, it sort of begins with my introduction to playing music, which uh, I was originally a guitar player, and I started at a very young age. Um, I was seven, and, and, and you know, I, I was at home, my, my older brother, who was four years older than I, uh, you know, we had like a suitcase record player, and my parents had one of those consoles that had the, 
the big black and white uh, TV tube with the stereo attached to it, mm-hmm. speakers on each side with the turntable, and 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 so, <clears throat> you know, he and I would sit with the suitcase record player and listen to forty fives, and we would listen to things like I don't know, I mean, the things I remember the most were we were still buying Beatles singles when they were coming out, and and uh, and then we liked things I liked the OJ's and. Uh, the Temptations, I liked stuff like that, mm-hmm. and uh, and my folks had things like um, it was very they, they weren't musical themselves as far as playing instruments were concerned, but they they had like uh, Al Hurt records, Louis Armstrong records. Uh, my dad liked Lee Greenwood, the country singer, um, you know, and so we were hearing just kind of a mix of stuff around the house, and then one day my brother. Uh, decided he wanted to take guitar lessons, and he was, I think, 10 at the time, and, and, and my folks were cool enough to offer me the same chance since they were going to hook him up with a teacher at a, at a local music store, and uh, and so we did that, you know, and um, I didn't really have much aptitude for the guitar uh, compared to the love I had for music, and so um, once I started studying, I mean, I liked it just fine, you know, and I was I was learning a lot of things at once at age seven. And, you know, I, and I think about this now, and I'm thinking, you know, I guess it might have been kind of a lot because uh, I, I have a seven-year-old now, and I think about what I was, you know, learning, and I don't know, you know, it was a lot, you know, but it was cool. I was learning the, the fretboard, the instrument. I was learning how to read music. I was learning the laws of music as far as, you know, scales and chords and, you know, all that kind of stuff, which was cool. But where I was having problems was sort of the hand-eye coordination thing, um, and it was it was affecting my uh, ability to play rhythmically. And so my guitar teacher, um, I think he put up with this for a while, and then he started just suggesting that I pay more attention to the beat, that I listen more to the rhythm and, you know, uh, focus on the drums and then just try to, you know, move a little faster, you know. Mm-hmm. And... and about that time, we've been studying for a little while by that time, maybe a year or two, and, and so my brother had a garage band, and they would practice, well, really, they were a basement band, right? and they would practice in our basement, you know, and and, um, uh, and the drummer in that band, um, who actually is still a professional drummer here in the Twin Cities where I live, named Matt Barber, um, or actually, you know, he became that and now is still working professionally, uh, he... You know, I'd sit and watch him, and and when they'd go like take a break and shoot some hoops or get some lemonade or something, uh, I'd sit down at the drums, and I would try to mimic some of the things that I had heard and seen him do, and and that was where I got hooked because, uh, you know, I I, I literally think the first thing I did when I sat down on a on a drum set sounded like. Uh, I actually got that far. Nice. And uh, because, you know, I had I had been kind of checking it out and playing on my legs while he was watching and, and, and you know, and, 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 and just the thrill of doing that, uh, you know, was just like, that was all I needed, you know. Mm-hmm. It was very addicting. And so um, at the same, uh, it was actually kind of a private house uh, music store that was run by a guy who later became my junior high band director where we were taking our lessons, uh, Savannah School of Music in Hopkins, Minnesota. And they had a drum teacher really cool guy named Bob Burns who was uh, really kind of like a ragtime drummer, uh, you know, was his specialty. And so I continued with my guitar lessons for a while and I started uh, taking lessons from Bob uh, and he, you know, he got me working on a pad and uh, took me through some of those uh, Roy Burns, Sandy Feldman books and Haskell Haar and and I uh, got my hands working, and and that was really the start of it. And then it really got serious when I uh, decided to make a change and and stop studying with Bob, and then got hooked up with uh, the great Elliot Fine. Okay. And do you think that going through the, the the guitar lessons and then also going through the drum lessons, how would you compare lessons how they are now, how people learn music versus how you learn music? then because i think that before you know years ago i think that people really concentrated on the the fundamentals and now i think it's more song oriented and not and people skip over the important fundamental parts would you agree with that well to a point yeah i mean it's not something that i disagree with but i think i just think everybody's different you know i i know that that goes on you know and uh i know that there are still plenty of teachers out there that might do it what you might describe as maybe the more traditional way, you know, based on the, on the way you framed it. And, and I think there's still a blend out there. You know, it's interesting sometimes. I mean, 
we're all trying to, I mean, if you love to play and you continue to play once you get hooked up with any instrument, you know, then in a way we're all after the same thing, not necessarily a career or successes as a, as a job, but just the idea that we're, we're, we, we love to make that, that sound, that joyful noise. And, you know, and, and we know from playing the instrument that, it, you know, it, 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 it allows us to work with our feelings in certain kind of ways and it's fun and, you know, I mean, wherever you take it from there is the thing. But, you know, the thing that's interesting to me is that I see sometimes that the people that maybe are more song-oriented or maybe they come from a family of musicians and there's just musical instruments around in the house and they pick this one up and they pick that one up and they may not be, you know, too formally schooled on any instrument, but they seem to have a sense of song. They seem to have a sense of ensemble that sometimes the student who picks up an instrument and kind of goes into isolation and learns a lot of technique and, and garners some facility, they kind of emerge from that, and then they have to learn how to play with people. Mm-hmm. And at first, and especially in a lot of drummers' cases, it can be really awkward because, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's common with a lot of drummers who go that route that, you know, then it's like, okay, you know, now let me show you everything I can do, you know. And, right. And, you know, the art of listening is something that they, they almost have to, like, you know, uh, acquire through, <laughs> you know, anything that can range from, you know, humiliation to just, you know, uh, gentle, you know, uh, no, 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 you're, you're playing too much, you know, listen to this and all that kind of stuff like that. Mine was so, pretty, mine was more of the humiliation thing. Well, yeah, I've seen plenty <laughs> of that myself, yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, if, if anything, you know, it's like, I, I tend to tell my students at the Nally Smith College of Music, it's like, okay, the difference between you and me, besides me being older and you being younger, is, I mean, we all love the same thing, but, you know, I, I've been fired more than you have. Right. But I, but I learned from that, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I refuse to give up, you know. So when you're talking about listening, um, you know, and, and the space and not, and not stepping on other people's toes, how would you suggest that people practice that and, and to not get fired as often as probably you and I have? Well, it's interesting because it's something that I, 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 I deal with or I present, uh, you know, a lot in my clinics, and um, and I'm going to be working on a new project this year based around that idea. And if I, you know, without getting so much into the nuts and bolts of that, uh, but but do stay tuned. Uh, you know, it, it really comes down to one thing. It comes down to the idea that it's it's like a team sport. You know, in the sense that you know you have to work together. And for a musician, it really comes down to listening. You know, and and the more you understand what's going on around you, and I don't even mean, mean necessarily like from a theoretical level. You know, right. I mean, the drummer has it pretty good. You know, you don't really have to know what key it's in, and, and you know, but you should have a sense of song form. You know, sure. you should understand how to approach song form on your instrument so that you can steer the band properly and drive the band. You know, and because that whole thing about the band being only as good as its drummer, I mean, this is where it really starts to count. You know, I mean, you, you have to, you, you can't operate independently of the group. You know, I mean. That was the thing, you know, I used to dig about Buddy Rich that a lot of people, not people in the know, but, you know, a lot of people that don't know better might space on. I mean, yes, Buddy played, you know, mind-bending solos and had incredible technique, but, you know, I mean, I would go see him when I was a kid, and you'd see one, maybe two drum solos a night, especially if you went to see something where they would do like two, three sets. Right. And, you know, the rest of the time, he's up there paying a you know playing with a band that he's paying you know what 16 17 guys to go on the road and he was really a great ensemble drummer in fact you know i one of the big contributions to drumming that i think he doesn't get the credit he deserves for was that he was one of the guys that really started to fire up a band with his interpretations back in those days you mm-hmm. know i mean you know he he was kicking in a, a band in a new way back right. in those days and it was exciting and there were guys like Tommy Dorsey that were willing to pay a lot of money for that because it was turning people on you know and, yeah. and I mean and he was using his ears it wasn't like it was just like he was mowing them down and you know he was he was he was up under them and pushing them forward and you know crack and boom yeah setups and and I mean in a way that like you know uh guys before him hadn't really done you know and so it, that's what it comes down to it comes down to it comes down to listening you know and I think also just a willingness to you know, use space as much as fill space, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, because both have their place. Absolutely. And there's a lot of, I, a lot of people always talk about approach and I'm a, I'm a big, big advocate of, you know, approaching things differently for different songs or, you know, leaving the space or, or, uh, you know, 
playing what's right for for the music and i think that that kind of gets into like this gray area of something that's that's kind of hard to teach and kind of hard to practice it's kind of like a a zone that you that you get in um but how would you how do you suggest that people start to think on that level drummers yeah yeah well okay you know i mean the way i preach it I, I, I draw on a formula that I first heard David Garibaldi talk about, you know, and, and it was, you know, it was, it was, it was basically, you know, time and dynamics, you know, or time plus dynamics, let's say equals feel. And so I think, I think that's a pretty true equation. I think a variable or an intangible there is a, is a, is a, is your attitude and your, and your spirit, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's a big part of what you infuse into that equation to breathe life into it. But, um, when, when you come to a clinic of mine, like I did at PASIC in 2010 and, and like I'll be talking about in my new uh, book DVD project with Alfred, you know, it's like, if you really want to operate on a professional level, you know, it's interesting, you know, there are, there are, there are things that I want to see taught more that I focus on because they're the things that I learned to help make the music I play better. You know, I mean, I, I believe that it's, 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 it's possible to get a drummer to, it's easier to get a drummer to swing than it is to teach them to, to play a role. But I hear a lot of drummers who can play really good roles and they don't know how to swing at all. Right. And so, like, I'm on a mission to change that, you know what I mean? So, you know, if I... If I, if I <laughs> That's a very good mission to be on, too. Well, thank you. Yeah, you know, I mean, well, I, I, I can only draw on my own experience, you know. It's like the, the, more, the more I've leaned towards this, the better my working experience as a professional musician, you know, as a player has gotten. You right. Know? And, and I'm fortunate, you know, because I get to play in the company of what I consider to be some of the greatest musicians in the world now. You know, a lot of them are, are great players here in my in my metro area and you know but i mean I've, I've i've you know i've got famous names on my resume too the thing is i mean you have to you have to you know we're accompanists and you have to know how to support them and you have to know where the balance is between you know leading and how to lead and and accompanying and how to listen and um when you get to play with great musicians, I mean, you hopefully want to enjoy hearing them play and making them sound good too and 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 uh I remember Bernard Purdy, uh, who's somebody that I'm fortunate took an interest in me many years ago. You know, he and I were having a conversation, and 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 he said it like this. He said, you know, he says, he says you have to keep your mind on the band. You have to put your arm around him and say, I got you. I'm going to carry this us through this tune together. You can rely on me. I've got your back. And he says, and if you do that then and if you're consistent about that then when you get to the other side he says you know what they'll turn around and they'll let you do your thing they'll let you get off but you but you have to prove that to them first right and that's a great lesson that uh, is you know you know because you know i mean really you know people don't think of him that way but i mean it's hard to find a better drummer than bernard purdy the guy's i haven't crazy. found one yet so. You know, and 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 look at the look at the amount of work he's done. Look at the amount. Of, you know, look at just look what happens when he gets on a stage and how how good he can make everything feel. You know, mm-hmm. he's got this, you know, and and he's he's really quite a genius. You know, and and uh, and of course, you know, he's a he's a he's a character as yeah. well. You know, and so sometimes you know uh, 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 that kind of thing. You know, people focus on that, but man, you know, I mean, you don't have the kind of success that that he's had in the industry uh, without without that kind of talent and that kind of insight. You know, that's 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 what I'm looking at. Totally agree. And I I've been uh, really digging into. Um his shuffle. I mean, I've I've learned I learned the party shuffle years ago, but now I've been like been hooked on like the home at last by Steely Dan, just like dissecting that tune, and it's just well, you know, it feels so good. <sighs> it's I mean, that's, it's that's ridiculous. Thing. It's it's a very sexy thing. It's a very seductive thing, you know. And, yeah. and it's and it's it's the kind of thing where it's like I mean, I'm I'm the same way, you know. It's like well, I, I remember. You know, I'm getting I'm getting older. You know, I remember when those records came out, and it was just like, holy smokes! You know, I, I from a technical standpoint, I understood it right away because you know I, I studied four way coordination, and there were a lot of things in there like you'd hear a guy like Elvin Jones or Art Blakey play where you're you know you're filling that triplet up in, inside the cymbal rhythm, and and you know so the, the 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 actual coordination involved, you know that 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 I got right away. But right. to get it to feel like he gets it to feel, yeah. you know, you've got some work ahead of you. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> that's I practice it all, and I'm, you know I play it, and I'm like, yeah, I can I can play it like you said, but it's like, and then I record it, and I'm like, man, it sounds like crap. I don't want to, you know. Yeah, no, you know, it's funny too because the night I met Purdy, uh, we were we didn't know each other, but we I was scheduled to open for him uh, at a show here in the Twin Cities, and uh, the promoter, who's a great drummer herself, Sheila Early. Um, well, I think it's living in Arizona right now, but she and I were students of uh, Jeff Hamilton's together back when I uh, lived out in Los Angeles. And Sheila uh, was living here in the Twin Cities, and she set up this concert to feature Purdy with sort of an all-star band. And, and uh, I was in a trio that she liked, and so you know she tapped us to be the opener. Well, the night before, I was playing uh, in a hotel with a with a great singer, Sharon Michelle, and and um, uh, we were playing in the in the in the bar there, and and so she brought Purdy in and. It was classic because he his big white cowboy hat on and he comes strutting in with her and you know and I'm like oh there he is you know yep. and, that. and they they walk right by and she's waving at me and you know he's just not paying any attention you know and and Charmin was uh, we were getting ready to take a break and so Charmin was kind of doing some introductions and so I was like okay check this out and so I just decided to underscore her introductions by playing the pretty shuffle and I did it real light the way he does it where he like the Babylon Sisters thing where he plays the cross stick on the backbeat and uses the finger for the ghost mm-hmm, notes, you know? Mm-hmm. I just busted into that really lightly, and then I, I snuck a peek over at the table where they'd sat down, and he had his back to me, and just slowly he turned around <laughs> and he looked at me, <laughs> and I smiled, and I gave him a little salute, and he smiled and tipped his hat to me, and so that was, that. Uh, it's like Casablanca. That was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Nice. <laughs> Well, it, it paid off, you know. I felt good that I knew how to play that because that was the way I said hello to him. Right. You know? Right. I've actually, yeah, I've been trying to get in, co- in contact with him to get him on the show, too. I think it'd be, it'd be great oh, to have well, a conversation. Oh, uh, well, maybe I can help you with that. We could talk about that off the air. That would be that would be great. I would appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit. You had mentioned um, about playing, you know, playing at the professional level. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that, that are listening and they're trying to figure out how they can bridge that gap where, you know, whether they're in high school or in college or, you know, even older than that, that are playing locally and, you know, playing with some local bands, maybe some cover bands, maybe even some original bands. And they can't really figure out how to bridge that gap between being a weekend warrior to kind of moving more into the, the professional side of things and doing it as a career. So what advice would you have for them? Well, you know, I mean, that's a really good question. I mean, you know, I, I teach on the faculty of McNally Smith College of Music, and we're a, we're a professional-oriented school. You know, we're trying to help our students learn how to how to uh, make a life in music. I think that, you know, I mean, it happens different ways for different people, but, you know, for me, it's like, I think that you have to look at things i mean you can you can go anywhere you can try to do anything you want i you know with some of our students it's the case you know uh, here in minnesota the twin cities is a it's it's still a fertile scene for uh club work in many different styles of music which is which is great uh because the you know the the arts are are uh, respected here uh for the most part um there's certainly challenges that go with that you know i mean at, at, at 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 this point in time the Minnesota Orchestra here has been out without a contract for uh, over a year, and the, and the newly renovated hall that they've been playing in for years is sitting dark because uh, there's no resolution to that. Uh, the best jazz club the Twin Cities ever had just closed, um, but it's done that before. You know, it might come back again. You know, but I mean, there's still there's still places to play. We you know we have the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra. We still have other clubs where there's jazz for sure, and then there's other clubs where there's rock and all kinds of things, and so it's still fertile for a, a, a young player to go out and play or somebody who's serious about wanting to get into music. Um, the thing is, I think that what you have to do is, I mean, you know, like what we offer at our school, like any school of its kind, would be foundation, you know. I mean, you know, we give you an approach to the instrument and playing the music that helps you break down, you know, your technique, your stylistic knowledge. It gives you experience to play repertoire and then work in specialty ensembles which gets you closer to playing on a professional level. I think then, you know, I mean, obviously people come from everywhere to go to our school. Some stay in town, some go back home, you know, but I think that a good approach is, is, you know, think about where you are and try to work so that you can get into the, the upper echelon of, 
of the working musicians in your city, in your environment, you know. I mean, in, and there can be many different directions. It could be part of a popular band. It could be part of a popular freelance kind of a thing. But, you know, just, just keep working at playing and getting better, and that means you're, you're, you're out there playing, you're gaining experience, you know, and, and, and maybe you're trying to network and interface with people who, you know, represent more of what you'd like to do or a step up. And I think if you, I think if you just keep working at that and you find yourself in that upper echelon, you've done pretty well. And then, you know, if you decide that you want to make a move, like go to New York or go to L.A. or go to Nashville, um, you know, you, you're probably in a pretty good uh, state as a player to hit the ground running when you arrive in a place like that because you've already got an idea of what it takes in your own town. And if you mm-hmm. don't want to go make that scene, um, you know, it's okay to be where you are and do well, too. I mean, that was one of the things that... Um, Ed Shaughnessy used to preach, you know, and, mm-hmm. and Ed was somebody that I, I, I had the incredible good fortune to uh, meet and play with when I was in high school, and then he became a real behind-the-scenes guy uh, for me in my career for many years, and even more recently, uh, I had the chance to uh, sub for Doc Severinsen with the big band with mm-hmm. Ed, health was starting to decline, and... and uh, you know, but that believed in me, you know, and, and, and I lived in L.A. for a while, and, and I, I was better for it, you know, for a lot of reasons. Uh, the study I had out there, the experience I gained, and, and the perspective I gained, you know, but Ed would say that, too. He's like, you know, hey, man, if you went back to the Twin Cities, you know, you'd do great there, and, and, and you might even be able to do things in the Twin Cities that, you know, you, you might not get to do here. And, and I understand that, too, because, you know, you, you have to swing a pretty big bat, you know, to try to knock people out of, you know, what the, not that you're trying to, re, you know, knock anybody out right. or replace anybody, but you just want to, you want to, you want to fit in. You want to be part of the thing, you know, but I learned things out in LA. I went out to LA with some really great recommendations from musicians that, you know, a lot of people's names they would know and stuff, but then I'd run into contractors who I was told to call. And I had a conversation with a guy once that went like this. He said, uh, you know, I'd call every couple of weeks and try to do that thing because, um, uh, the great, jazz bassist and studio bassist Richard Davis, who I studied with at UW-Madison, said, oh, call this guy. I used to do a lot of stuff with him in New York. He does a lot of things in L.A. now, and, you know, and, and give him a call. Tell him I recommend it. You know, well, okay, finally I get a hold of this guy, and he's like, okay, you've been calling me every couple of weeks. He says, you got me. He says, what do you want? And I said, well, Richard said, I should, how's Richard? You know, yeah, hey, tell Richard I said hi. You know, and so, okay, so you're a drummer. You're looking for a gig, huh? He says, well, okay. He says, look. He says, I use Harvey Mason, Vinnie Cullyud, and Steve Schaefer. He says, are you better than they are? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, was, I would have said, really, I would have said, got, define better. <laughs> yeah, I know, right. But, you know, yeah, on what scale, yeah. <laughs> I might be better I mean, at yo-yoing so, than them. I, well, maybe. you know, I mean, <laughs> that shut me down because I, I, I didn't have a quick, snappy comeback for that, you know. Right. Maybe, Maybe now I would, but you know it would it would it would still be a tough answer. You know those guys. I mean, you know you you don't you don't get any better in that scene than, than guys like that. You know, and so, but it taught me something. You know, because when I did eventually relocate uh, back here in the Twin Cities, especially when it came to the freelance show work I was doing, I started backing people that would come through town and not carry their own drummer. You know, and I realized well this is kind of what Ed was talking about. You know, I might never have gotten to this point in L.A had I pursued that route out there. Right. Um, but here I'm getting the call. Mm-hmm. And so it's cool because I'm, you know, I'm meeting these people, musical directors, managers, whatever, making those kind of connections and just doing the job. You know? Right. And I guess for what, it, what it's worth on your resume, I mean, at least it looks good that you know that, you know, that you've done that kind of work because then people who are in that kind of field might say, oh, well, there's maybe a guy that could, you know, handle it or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, Absolutely. So anyway, you know, it's, 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 it's a kind of a long answer to the question. You know, there is no one way, but hopefully those are some ideas that, you know, people could keep in mind as they go forward. I mean, it's different, you know. Some people get hooked up with a band, and, and that takes a different direction. You know, I've seen that happen with my students. I've got, I've got students that are doing really well in, 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 in different circles now. You know, we've got graduates at the school. One of them's Shooter Jennings' drummer. One of them's Trey Sackin's drummer. One oh, nice. of them's the drummer from Men Condition, you know, and there's other guys doing other things, you know, uh, in, in, in different ways, making a life in music, and, and it's all different, you know. I mean, I've got one former student who's the only guy I know in town that's in a band that's got a, you know, like a, a full road crew and 
you know, he fully finances his living on his gig, and and they're a local bar band, you know, and they do local festivals and all that kind of stuff like that. But I mean, you know, they're that popular. And wow. He's got that kind of a thing, and so, you know, it's it, you know, I mean, the the trick is, you know, just stay true to what you're what you're about musically or what you you know gravitates to you, and then just you know try to keep improving and networking and, you know, uh, take every opportunity you can to play and just aim high, you know? Mm-hmm. Speaking of things that, that gravitate towards you, it seems that um, you're, the things that gravitate towards you are, are, are a lot of the teaching things. Um, I mean, I've read some, a bunch of articles that you've written and uh, I went through the, Stanton Moore hit me to the, to the brush, uh, to the brush stuff that you did for. Uh, oh, for Drummer Cafe. Yeah. Yeah, which is yeah. Well, Bart awesome. Elliott's drummer cafe. You know, Bart. Um, yeah, Bart's got a great resource there, and he befriended me after he reviewed my book uh, that came out a couple of years ago, Mastering the Tables of Time, which you know has turned out to be um, just you know it it it. it uh, well, uh, my friend Dave King, the great drummer for the Bad Plus, he says he he might have put it best. He said, "Man, he said that thing really made a dent." <laughs> and um you know i mean i've had very good luck with that you know because it was a it was a method that uh well purdy told me he said you know there's really nothing like this and he says i i, I think this is going to be very successful for that reason and he says and i think a lot of drummers will be kicking themselves that they didn't see it first because the focus of that book you know it's it's nothing that i invented i i studied things based on that by all kinds of people you know uh gary chafee joe morello used things like that tony williams talked about the timetables even joe jones you know fine mm-hmm. and alan dawson but there was no definitive method that that kind of focused around using it as a framework for study and i went looking for it and i couldn't find it but i was i was I was really feeling it, and I was I was I was writing a lot of things based on that. And then my my boss at McNally Smith, Gordy Knutson, heard me practicing some of the stuff one day, and and he loved it. And so he was the guy that really encouraged me to think about you know sharing it uh, on on that kind of level as a book, as an educational thing. And and so yeah, I mean, it was the success of mastering the tables of time that started to open a lot of doors for me into the industry, and it, that in you know, being part of Modern Drummer, uh, being part of Drummer Cafe, uh, working with Vic Firth and his team, and now Yamaha, and, uh, you know, it's it, it's great. I work with, uh, I'm playing all the stuff that I love and always enjoyed playing, and, and yet now I'm, 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 I'm connected with uh, the manufacturers, and, and one of the things that I, is very important to me is that they're all very um, serious about working in education. Mm-hmm. And so I work together with them, I think, very well because uh, I like what they have and it helps my music sound better and they like the fact that uh, that I like to teach and that I can communicate on that level, you know? And, sure. And so it's been, it's been good that way, you know? Um, Which is great to have their, their support behind you rather than going against the grain and, you know, having to try to convince these people to get behind you. Well, I am, you know, I mean, if, if I if I can take pride in, in, in one thing, it, it's that I've never asked anybody for an endorsement. I mean, the people that I, I work with uh, all were kind enough to look me up because they'd seen something that I had done. Mm-hmm. And, Which speaks uh, volumes. Well, thanks, you know, mm-hmm. but I mean, they've, they've offered me a place in their family, and, and that's, you know, it's, I mean, there are days where, you know, you look at that and it's a little mind-blowing, you know, because, you know, you grow up, you know, wanting to be part of something. And if you just keep working hard at it, you know, I mean, then then things things can happen, you know, and and uh, and I'm and I'm proud of that, and and I work hard. And deservedly to, so. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I I work hard to further that because I I don't I don't take any of that kind of stuff for granted. And and what I've learned is that you know all of these people that work for these companies, I mean. It it, 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 it it becomes very family-like. It, it, all of these, even you know, even the companies with the really big names, there's really just really a small group of people behind the scenes that 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 are the bricks and mortars of these companies that make amazing things happen, and, yep. and they they all do the work of about three four people. I mean, they're they're tremendously overworked, mm-hmm. and and they're very dedicated to what they do, and and so to me, it's a great gift, you know, because I get to be in the company of of these really dedicated people. I have these fabulous instruments and, and implements that I get to play with. And I get to be part of something that was like the only thing that ever really made me feel like, you know, music spoke to me, you know, I, I didn't really go looking for it, but once I started playing, I, I, I just felt like that's where I belong, you know? And mm-hmm. so 
that welcome that I've received in the industry by by being able to contribute something, you know, um, and continuing to try to help players get along is is a very important aspect of what I do. I mean, it's very sincere because I don't have to look any farther than the great teachers that I've been able to study with who gave me their time or all the great musicians that I I went to their gigs and just tried to speak to them to see if I could gain some... You know, I mean, like that's how I met Peter Erskine, who's an incredible you know, uh, educator and drummer and person and influence on me, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, just, I rolled up to him at a Maynard Ferguson gig and just had a chat with him, you know, and, and you, you get the ball rolling, you know, and, and, uh, everybody's been so good to me. And so best I can do is just try to move it forward, you know, sure. uh, pay it forward. Yeah. And, and it's fun, you know, I mean, I like teaching. I like, I like seeing people light up when they get it, you know, and, and, and going to the next level and, and, uh, it's a gas. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you have a another book that uh that was just nominated for a drummy, the two in one drummer, right? Yes. Um that's something that I'm very proud of because I was a collaborator on that and really I mean I'd describe it as as, as Walfredo Reyes Senior and, and Elliot Fine's book, but uh my friend and former student Mark Powers and myself are are co authors and collaborators on the book. And that was a gift that was just given to me by, you know, Elliot, who I grew up studying with, and of course is with Marvin Dahlgren, the uh, co-author of the classic uh, method book that's influenced generations of drummers for the last 50 years, Four-Way Coordination. Mm -hmm. And Elliot and Marv, they're Minnesotans as well. They were, you know, they each spent about 50 years in the Minnesota Orchestra. Oh, wow. You know, they're just, you know, tremendous uh, 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 minds in in drumming. And um, and this this is... it, it became my job to see that this book got done, which I'm very proud of, because um, Elliot and, and Wilfredo, they, they began working on it through their friendship and mutual admiration back in 2005, and, and um, they actually worked on it quite hard, but they kind of got to a point where they just, they just kind of got stuck. They were just kind of stymied. I mean, neither of them, uh, from the generation they come from, were... Uh, incredibly internet savvy, and they're half a continent apart with Elliot in Minnesota and Walfredo. He's out in Concord, California, and um, they had been, you know, they had been trying to get together and working a lot by phone and stuff like that. But they just got stuck. And um, you know, Elliot was a, a prime mover in 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 seeing that I got my book, uh, Mastering the Table of Time, completed and out. You know, because I I worked on that book for ten years. Wow. And um, and it got to the point where he was calling me just about every week, about a year or two before I got it done. And he's like, you know, are you working on that <laughs> thing? Out, get that thing out, you know. He's like, going to steal your idea. You show that thing around, you know. And, yeah. You know, and so I I uh, I appreciated that. And he and he he actually predicted all the good fortune that has come from uh, the release of that book to me, which I at the time I thought, well. He's a nice guy, and it's nice of him to say that. But it was a little uncanny how he uh, he, he was like, "Oh no, it's going to win the modern drummer poll. You wait and see." And oh, this is going to happen, and that's going to happen. And man, bang, 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 right off the thing. So that's awesome. Anyway, yeah. And so then I started moving in this world, you know, where all of a sudden I was working with, you know, I was doing more articles. I, I became part of the, you know, I was writing for Modern Drummer, and now I'm part of their educational team. So I was kind of focused on that, and, and I have a nice relationship with Alfred Music, and 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 they were stuck, and and so they they asked me to help, and of course I was there to help them, and it still took a long time, but I mean it was a very dedicated effort, you know. And I told them, I said, well, I'm happy to help, but if you're going to bring me on board, you have to bring Mark Powers on board too, because Mark. Uh, he did the engraving for my book, Mastering the Tables of Time. He was actually the first guy that made me money on it because I hired him to, you know, put everything that I had written on, you know, notebook paper in the finale, and and I worked him pretty hard to make sure everything looked a certain way and was up to my standards, and and he did an excellent job of that. And so I knew that, you know, he had that kind of skill. He also is somebody that I I trust because of his talent and as a confidant. He's somebody that I can, you know, get a second opinion from. And I really respect his answer because he's just a, he's a brilliant guy. Mm-hmm. And um, and the thing is, he can turn he can turn uh, ideas into you know word back and finale text in real time in, in, in just in just seconds. Nice. And so you know I could I could you know whereas I was able to sort of help 
Elliot and Walfredo kind of hone the text and edit and, and offer contributions about sections that maybe were a little thin or some that needed to be pared down and, and this and that, you know, then, then we could get an idea of what it might look like you know, as a finished product from Mark and get some feedback that way. So we all chipped away at this thing for a few more years. And um, about two, two years ago, we got the text pretty complete. And unfortunately, we had, I mean, like with the exercises picked, and, and I wrote much of the text for the book, but uh, uh, we had that done before Elliot passed away, which I'm glad about because that was his major contribution to the thing. He's very prolific, and, and, and then I, you know, it was my promise to him that I would see it through. And then just last year at NAM, we had an incredible stroke of luck because Walfredo mentioned that he was working on the project with, uh, or he mentioned it, I should say, to uh, Don Lombardi. Mm-hmm of DW, yep. uh, of which, you know, uh, uh, Wolf is an endorser, and, and, of course, Don runs the uh, drum, drum channel. channel. It's an incredible thing. And, um, and you know, he had mentioned that, you know, Mark and I were going to go with some handheld cameras and try to shoot a DVD for the book of Walfredo demoing the exercises over at Walfredo's place in Concord, which is something that we always enjoy because he's got a great place and he makes a great Cuban sandwich, you know. But it wasn't <laughs> really going to be... Um, a super high quality thing. And then, and then out of the blue, Don says, we'll come do it at drum channel. And so I get a call from Wolf and he's very excited about that. Um, and I said, well, yeah, but we don't have a budget for that, you know? And, and, uh, but it turned out that, uh, uh, because Wolf being a DW artist and a legend, it was just, uh, Don offered us the studio and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, drum channel partners with Alfred in distribution of their products too. So it was right. just, it was just a stroke of good luck. And That's awesome. Unfortunate. So yeah, we were up there in April, and uh, you know, we f- I flew out and uh, we shot the DVD with uh, Walfredo. We worked for a couple of days, which was you know, and then and talk about learning as you go with no prior experience. I mean, you know, one minute okay, you know, I, I have a book and then it wins an award and now I'm an author and I'm an award-winning author. Okay, let's see what happens with that. Well, then the next thing you know, I'm working on this book and then. Next thing you know, Mark and I are up there and we're co-directing a video because there's nobody there around to do it for us, you know. Right. <laughs> and it's like, well, okay, how does this work, you know? And that's when you really start to rely on the people around you that are good at their jobs. And fortunately, the, you know, the, the, all the crew at Drum Channel, they're incredible. So, uh, you know, we had some good help with that. And Dave Black from Alfred was able to come up and help us a little bit with that, too. But uh, really, we just did it with Wolf. We knew what we wanted to do. and. Uh, hopefully, when people check out the book, which I which I hope they'll dig, uh, uh, you got to watch Walt's performances. I mean, they're just great. His demos are great, but then you know we have we he was soloing and doing stuff that we were just capturing, and it's great. Um, and if I may, I'll just let people know that the the, the, the premise of the book is is uh, it's combining hand set or I'm sorry, it's combining drum set with hand percussion, um, the way Walt pioneered back in the 1950s, where he would play what you know normally a one person would do with two hands on kungas and what one person would do with two hands and their feet on drum set. He mm-hmm. did all, all that by himself. Awesome. Yeah. And people, you know, I mean, people have probably seen more of that in, in recent times because, you know, he's been doing it since the fifties and right. there are guys that do it really well, like his sons and Alex Cunha and, and other people too, you know, but the thing about it is, is, um, there was not any kind of method available that would get people you know, started with the concept. It's really like an introduction, and it's not a beginner's book because you already have to have a pretty fair idea how to get a good sound with your hand drums and, and, and how to play the drum set, you know. But it, it the, the angle that we took that was actually very important to Walt, which I appreciated, was that it, it's, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of Cuban rhythm in this thing, but it, it, it's designed to be universal and, and show how the concept works in, in pop music, you know, rock, rhythm, and blues, right. uh, world, world music of different kinds, and jazz, and, and, and triplet bass music as well as, you know, like Afro 68 and Montuno, Cascara, all that kind of stuff, Wawanko, you know, it's, it's, it's really all in here. And, and, but we didn't, we didn't overload with exercises because it's, it, I mean, not, which isn't to say it's short on material, but you know, one one beat goes a long way, and and to have some really practical variations rather than just you know. See, the thing is, Elliot. You know, he's a very prolific guy. Wolf would play. Elliot would write stuff down. Elliot had enough stuff for six books. You know, and right. uh, and so we had to kind of just say, well, okay, let's let's just really take the cream of the crop of this and try to create a volume that isn't going to overwhelm people. Right, right. Just slim because it down it, and kind of. Yeah. Well, it takes a while to get your head around, and yeah. I and I was a really good 
test pilots for that because uh, my hand percussion skills weren't nearly as 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 uh, well. I didn't have nearly the confidence in them that I do in my drum set skills, basically because I I lacked a good slap. But you know, in the process of doing this and being able to be around. Um, you know, a gentleman like Walfredo Reyes, as dynamite as a player as he is and as, and as great of a guy as he is, you know, it's like I had the opportunity to get that together better. And so I went from being somebody who really couldn't do that to somebody who, you know, worked out a serviceable conga technique and um, and then started getting right into the two-in-one idea. And it's still new for me but the stuff that I'm able to do just makes me want to do more, you know. And so, and I, and I wanted it you know, it, it, in, in being able to be a, a proper kind of editor, you know, you want to be able to play through the stuff that you're putting out in the book so that you're sure that somebody else can. I mean, somebody that's not a genius like Walfredo. Right, right, right. right. The, the, the average person, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and we captured that. You know, I'm very proud of that. It's 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 not a huge book. What do we? I have a copy of it here. I'm looking at. We we come in at about I don't know 44 pages and the it's book big enough. Sixteen dollars and you know, I mean, but it's it's full of great 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 stuff uh if you're interested in this kind of thing and like i say the dvd is just amazing so. and what we'll do off air you, i'll get all the links from you and everything and then i'll put all this stuff in the show notes so that anybody who's listening can you know pick up all your you know any any books that they want from oh, you and, solid. okay yeah, that's yeah, great absolutely yeah. so what do you uh what do you have on the on the horizon what are you working on now well um there's a couple different things going on i um uh I'm just about to start the new semester uh, for the spring at McNally Smith College of Music, and so I'm always excited about that because I love going to work every day there. And uh, I'm also a musical director for a singer who is uh, really popular here in the Midwest named Sean Johnson. He is the leader of a of a cappella vocal group, uh, kind of a soul pop group called Tonic Solfa that's been around this area for many years and they work all over the country but the midwest circuit is really an incredibly strong market for them they've been doing that for a while and about three years ago sean put together uh uh, what he calls the big band experience and he wanted to raise money for charity in in the market that uh he plays so well with tonic solfa and he wanted to sing with a group and he he built it kind of around a christmas holiday show but a big band thing so we started doing that the first year. He just wanted to try it and see if uh, it was viable, and it worked really well. Last year, we had a bigger tour, and we shot a special for PBS that just uh, came out this year awesome. and aired 1,200 times around the country on PBS affiliates all around North America between uh, Thanksgiving and New Year's. Oh, wow. And Yeah, I've been getting great feedback awesome. about that. And, we did our, and while that was showing this year, we were on our third tour, which was the biggest one yet, and I'm actually going to be... Out in your neck of the woods, I'm flying out to do a showcase gig with them in New York City on Sunday. Oh, really? Yeah, and um, yeah, because there's a there's a thing called the APAP conference, which is uh, all the major concert promoters, theater owners, this kind of stuff around North America, and they, and they go out to New York and they and they listen to bands that you know management agencies have, and they do sets and. And uh, you know, and uh, all kinds of styles of music are represented, and, and it's a, and it's a big deal. It, it takes place for a couple of days, and so we're flying out there to do a set on Sunday night, and um, I'm really looking forward to that because awesome. I haven't been to New York City for a while. And are you in and out, or? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But I'll be around, and uh, and uh, uh, we could even talk about that off the air a little bit because I know you're out that way. Cool. Um, but I'm excited about that. And then, uh, when I get to NAM, then in a couple of weeks, um, I just have to, uh, put the screws down on a couple of things that I've had in the works that I just needed to, I needed to get clear of the two in one drummer project and get that out. And, uh, we've done that. And now I'm working on, a, I'm going to start working on something I've been wanting to do for the last couple of years, which is a, uh, a new project uh, that I mentioned earlier uh, with Alfred, um, a book and DVD thing, um, where it's really about this kind of thing that we were talking about earlier in the conversation about musical fundamentals for drummers and, uh, you know, the kind of thing that I want to see emphasized more in teaching, particularly on drum set, uh, for greater musicality and, and getting, you know, young players sounding better, faster, you know, uh, in areas aside from their technique or their rudiments, which I think are all very important, but just in, you know, listening, ensemble playing, you know, and, and, and coming into music with, with that kind of awareness. And uh, and then I've also got some work to do uh, with mastering the tables of time. Uh, we're going to be going digital 
with that this year, and I'm going to start working on, um, you know, I self-published that book originally, and so I created an audio-video companion at my website, which is there, and it's online, it's also at YouTube, and Vic Firth has a, a version of it as well at their website, and um, uh, I did that because I couldn't afford to put a DVD into it when I was, you know, putting the book out myself, right. and... Um, uh, and so that's there, and that will always be there. But there's been a lot of uh, demand, actually, for uh, either a, a version of that that's included or a new version where I can go through uh, the exercises in more detail. And so we're going we're gonna to work on that, too. And um, that's something that uh, we're going to be, you know, it'll, it'll be time for a, a, a new run of the book, uh, right. like the third edition. And um, we're going to make sure that in the third edition, that uh, the um, we'll have a we'll have a DVD with it that uh, uh, where I can go more into depth on uh, the way that not only uh, you know the the sound of some of the exercises that weren't covered in the audio video companion it was it was tricky with that because I had to walk a line where I didn't want to give the whole book away but I wanted to have the idea of every chapter represented right and, and people can see how it was you know valuable and and sound and sure. And uh, so this will give me the chance to go more into depth into the exercises uh, on a face value way where I might play them literally, but then also the way that I, I teach out of the book where, you know, it's more personal and I can show people how to extend the, the exercises in, in more musical directions and use interpretation and, and stuff like that. So all of that stuff is, is coming up. And then awesome. after that, I'll be working on volume two of Mastering the Table of Time and, uh, because there is a volume two coming as well. So. Great. I'm in good shape. So you're busy. Because, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a pretty full plate. So good. it's cool because, you know, I, I, I get to do a lot of uh, cool gigs with people here in the community. And then I've got this nice thing with Sean where we're going to be going uh, out around the country more. And uh, that's a really fun uh, gig for me to play. And I'm also the musical director for that gig. And so I like the responsibility and, uh, you know, I like the, the whole vibe. Sean's incredible. He sounds great. And, uh you know, it's kind of a combination of big band and pop, which is just kind of, you know, something that I grew up with and I feel really comfortable with. So I work in a lot of different musical directions, but that always feels like home, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so there it is, you know, it's like that's kind of that's kind of what I've got coming up for the near future. Awesome. And, and looking forward to digging in with everything and looking forward to just going to NAM and, and uh, you know, seeing what's new and catching up with old friends. And, and you know, NAM is where I tend to seal a lot of deals for what comes up uh, educational-wise in the year or two to follow, and uh, I always get to find out what's going on with uh, the companies that I'm fortunate enough to work with and find out what they have that's new. And right. so it's, it's a new year. Name's a, a ton of, of fun. exciting things going on. That's good. That's good to hear. Yeah. So if you could impart some knowledge on, on some people to, to kind of wrap this all up, what would, your, uh, what would your best advice be? Oh, wow. Um that's a really good question. Um, you know, just be true to yourself. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, it, it, it's in a way it's not that deep. I I mean, if, 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 if you have a passion for playing music, then nurture it, you know, I mean, you, you may want to try to go the distance and, and, and be at the top of the profession on your instrument or with a group or something like that. Great, man, go for it. You know, just be smart about it. You know, there's lots of ways to do it. I mean, I teach at a music college and, and, you know, I know that what we have to offer there is designed to help people do well in that kind of circumstance, but not everybody can do that for a variety of reasons, you know, financial or otherwise, you know, just seek out seek out the people that are doing what you do as best you can or or in that kind of thing and and just just be open learn be dedicated you know but but be true to yourself we're living we're living in tough times you know but i, I it's still possible to make money in music even though you know we see it being devalued we see it uh, breaking down on certain levels, but you know, there are jobs where people thought, you know, like if you get a degree and a pension and all this stuff, it's a sure thing. And we see those things breaking down. Sure. So having something to fall back on, you know, isn't what it used to be, you know, and, and, and if you have a passion for something, then you, you know, if you, if you have the freedom to pursue it on whatever level it is, part-time, you know, occasionally full-time, whatever, you know, you know, you get one shot. I mean, not not in terms of an opportunity, but you know, it's your life. You know, right. and 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 if if you have a feeling for something like this, then 
then see what you can do with it. Because, you know, even if you decide to go another direction, this might be the advice. You know, that's not a failure. I've learned that by teaching lots of people at at, uh, McNally Smith College of Music. You know, we love to tout our successes and say, oh, look, this person is doing this and this person is doing that. But I think that we've also had success in the times where Sometimes a student gets to the point where they realize, you know, this isn't what I thought it was, or maybe maybe this isn't what I'm cut out to do. Um, it doesn't mean that you've wasted your time. It doesn't mean that you've failed because, you know, you've learned something more about yourself that will help, you know, give direction to the next, you know, path you take. And if nothing else, the discipline involved in trying to master a musical instrument sets you up with some really good skills for problem solving in any direction you go. Right. And so all of that stuff is good, you know, I mean, be happy, you know, I mean, just, just try to find what makes you happy and then just be smart about it. You know, uh, don't waste time, you know, take advantage of the people around you. I've found from my own experience that most people that, you know, if, if you come at people sincerely and, and, uh, uh, and you're looking for answers, there's a lot of people out there that are going to want to help you. Mm-hmm. And you can take advantage of their help. And, you know, maybe the best thing to do is like Shaughnessy told me, you know, he said, just pass it on. You know, I mean, that's that's how you give back. Right. And so that's what I try to do, you know. And, and uh, it, it it's cool, you know. You don't, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the poster boy for the fact that, you, you know, you don't have to be like a superstar drummer. You don't have to be like a famous guy to be welcome in the music business and to be able to make a contribution and to have a life in music that makes you happy because I work harder than I ever did. And some days it's exhausting and I don't always feel like getting up and going to work, but man, I, I, I'm, I'm in the world that I wanted to be in and I enjoy that. And I work hard to not only maintain it, but to further it. I mean, I was, practicing before the phone rang, you know, because it's like, I, I, I'm still chasing the guy I hear in my head, you know? Right. I, I totally, I totally agree with everything that you just said. And, uh, you know, I've been in years ago, you know, I've been in careers that, that I hated and now I probably work harder than I ever have, but it's, it's all music related. So I love it. So, you know, well, yeah, you can't put a price on being hard happy. work is its own reward, right, Nick? I mean, Absolutely. you know, it's like, because, you know, it, it's a funny thing, the passion that we have for music. I mean, and, and, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's tricky, you know. If, if 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 you're not if you're not getting out of it what you want to get out of it, it, it kind of eats away at you, you know. So it's a it's a it's a tricky thing. So I'm glad I'm glad to hear that that, that things are good for you too. You know, I, w- I wish that for everybody. You know, it's a, but I mean, people you can't put it on somebody else. You have to take the reins yourself, and you can learn from lots of people. You know, but I mean, you have to be just you have to be as dedicated as anybody who would be expert in their field would be. You right. Know, it's it's right. not something that you can expect to have anything handed to you on a platter. Cause that just doesn't happen anymore. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I think that's a, I think that's a perfect place to stop. Um, well, it's been just great hanging, and, and I really appreciate you just taking the time to look me up. Oh, uh, man, I appreciate it. This was, this city, was great. You know? It was really a pleasure having you. And we'll definitely have to, uh, we'll have to hook up here again. And, you know, I, and anytime, man, we'll, we'll have, you on the, have you on the show. And anytime you got some, some new stuff happening, definitely reach out and, you know, we'll, we'll get you on here. We can talk about it. Well, that's very kind and it's most appreciated. Absolutely. I wish you a lot of luck with this because, you know, I mean, you're providing. I mean, the drummer's resource, you know, it is what it says it is. It's, 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 it's getting inside, you know, the, uh, the skills, you know, it's not just about the playing. Uh, the playing is the thing that's going to matter the most and speak for itself, but you have to be the kind of person that can get along with people and you have to be smart about the choices you make, you know, and, and I like what I, when I visited the website, you know, I, I liked that you, you know, you had that kind of focus because, not everybody lives in a place where they see that kind of element in the business and, mm-hmm. and not everybody gets to be with people who are experiencing that kind of thing. You know, I mean, you see that in a bigger city and stuff, but there's a lot of people out there who have every bit of opportunity to contribute, but they might not be in a place where those kind of things are, are readily available around them. And so you're doing a good job of making them available to those people and to everyone. Well, thank you, man. I, I really appreciate it. That's, that's the vision of it is to just, you know, at the end of the day, I just want, I want people to just follow their, follow their passion, you know, and, and if it's drums, then I'm going to give you as much information as I can to help you follow it as far as you want to go with it, you know, whether you want to be playing in front of 30,000 people or you've never played a gig out and your goal is to, to play once, you know, out at a club. Right. 
So. All right, well, I wish you all the all the success uh, in the world and moving forward with, with that too. Well, I thank you. It. Likewise for you with the, with everything that you're doing, you're you're definitely making your making your way in the in the industry and have been for years. So, best thank of luck with that. Thank you very much. I yeah, absolutely. So, thank you so much for doing this, and uh, yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely have you on here again. All right, Nick. All right. Uh, I look forward to meeting you at NAM. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. Thanks again, Dave. You bet. See you. So there you have it, Dave Stanek, super nice guy. And be sure to check out drummersresource.com forward slash session 13. There's a ton of links on there for Dave, uh, where you can get his books, his website, what he has going on. And there's, like I said, there's a bunch of resources on there, drummersresource.com forward slash session 13 for everything about Dave Stanek. You can visit drummersresource.com or facebook.com forward slash drummersresource or get at me on Twitter at Nick underscore Ruffini, R-U-F as in Frank, F-I-N-I. And if you would be so kind, please go to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, leave us a rating. It would be greatly appreciated. And until then, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. Peace. Peace.